This is Find Your Dream Job, the podcast that helps you get hired, have the career you want, and make a difference in life. I'm your host, Mac Pritchard. I'm also the founder of Max List. It's a job board in the Pacific Northwest that helps you find a fulfilling career. Every Wednesday, I talk to a different expert about the tools you need to get the work you want. Find Your Dream Job is brought to you by Top Resume. Top Resume has helped more than 400,000 professionals land more interviews and get hired faster. Get a free review of your resume today. Go to maxlist.org slash topresume. Salary and job title matter when you look for your next position, but so does the workplace. A good one helps you thrive. A bad one makes you dread Mondays. Anna Gaynor is here to talk about how to find a supportive work environment. She's a career strategist and a certified human resources specialist. Anna's company helps you with job search, career development, and workplace well-being. She joins us from Raleigh, North Carolina. Well, let's jump into it, Anna. What do you mean when you talk about a supportive work environment? Sure. So a supportive work environment is one where employees feel valued, respected, and empowered to do their best work. When, when we're talking about supportive work environment, we're talking about things like open communication, approachable leadership. You're not afraid to go and talk to your manager. Uh, there are opportunities for growth. There's work and life balance. And, and it's not just words on the wall. They actually live by those values. There's also like that culture of collaboration. You know, people, the people you work with, they have your back. And we're also talking about recognition for your efforts. And it's also like an environment where you can share your ideas and voice your concerns without fear of retaliation, right? So the company cares about you, cares about your well-being, both your physical and mental. And one thing, too, that a lot of people sometimes, they they want to get out of the work environment, but sometimes they don't even think about it, is that sense of belonging, they feel like they're not just a number inside their organization. They care about the people they work with. That you know, their manager seems to care about them, and they feel good. You know, when they walk in, let's say, into an office, and they turn on a camera for a meeting, they don't feel like they're just a number. They feel like they, you know, they feel seen and heard by the workplace. And one thing, Mac, that I I want to help people understand about the work environment is that when, when we say work environment, we think about that physical space, right? We think about that office, or maybe if you work from home, you think about maybe your environment at home. But that's not what the work environment means. It means more than just your physical space. It means the hours you work, the company culture, you know, that one's a big one, the types of benefits that you receive, the people you work with, do you get along with your colleagues? That's that's an important thing, especially if you need to collaborate with, with people. And also a place that give you gives you opportunities for you know development and growth. So I want to clarify that piece because when we talk about supportive work environment, it's not just that office space where you work, it's much more than that. 
That's a vivid picture, Anna. Tell us, what does an unsupportive work environment look like? Sure. So an unsupported work environment, something that comes to mind is always like toxic workplaces. But besides toxic workplaces, I also want to talk about workplaces that sometimes they're not toxic per se, but they're just like a place that doesn't suit you. For example, I'll give you one that is always being an issue for me. It's it's like open offices, for example, when you don't have any sort of walls or anything like that. That might be a place that it can be distracting for you or it might be a place where they don't really want you to put headphones on. So you always have to be hearing what's going on around you. And that, that might be hard if you need a quiet space to work because that might not be a quiet space for you. So there is a difference. And in toxic work environment is really a place where you don't feel seen and heard. You can't voice your opinion. You are afraid to talk about your needs. You are afraid to give feedback or even like receive feedback. So there's a difference. And when we're talking about work environments that are unsupportive, we're talking about environments that you really don't feel like you can talk about anything that's going on. Let's say you have a heavy workload and you're really struggling with not just work and life balance, but stress and burnout. And you feel like you can't say anything about it because if you voice your concern, there could be retaliation and you might even fear losing your job, right? Or the other thing is when you work in an environment that you don't have a good relationship with your manager or you don't have a good relationship with your colleagues. And let's say some of the work you do, you depend on your colleagues. So you have to have some sort of collaboration, but when you don't get along, that can be really tricky and that can affect your work and how you know you view your work. In this case, your job satisfaction. Many of our listeners are in hybrid positions. They're working at home and going into the office uh, two or three days a week. Others are in 100% remote jobs. How has this new world of hybrid and remote work affected the uh, supportive work environment? Sure. So when you work from home, one of the things that I hear a lot from my own clients is that they don't feel seen because all the other people, you know, all they know about them is basically the the face on the camera. They haven't seen them, you know, physically. They, They haven't seen them in person. So it can be a little tricky sometimes to make yourself and your work visible where when you when you work like in an office and you see let's say your manager and some of your colleagues every day that's a different story so you may have more of a proximity there with the people that you see and work with every day and there's also that easiness of you just walk by their desk and you talk to them instead of sometimes you have to like schedule a call to talk to people you know if if they work remotely if they work in in other places But supportive work environments, they will take this into consideration and they will find ways to make sure that the people, you know, the people who work remotely, that they feel seen and heard, that they can voice their opinion, that they can, you know, give feedback and all these different things. And it's still like they can talk about if they're struggling, you know, they have too much on their plate. They, they feel like they can talk about it. And also one thing that I hear a lot from people who work remotely or in hybrid, you know, it's that 
the recognition piece, right? They feel like only the visible people doing the visible work, they are the ones that usually get recognition in terms of, you know, let's say a bonus or, um, you know, it, it can be monetary, but it can also be, you know, let's say you have a meeting and your manager is going to say, hey, so-and-so got this big um Client and then yeah, recognition right there. The entire team hears, you know, what's going on. But you know, you you are doing the work, you know, even more work behind the scenes. But nobody's seeing. It's almost like you, everything you do seems invisible. But in a supportive work environment, your manager is going to take into account that you are a remote worker or you are a hybrid worker. Let's say you show up to the office twice a week, you know, while everybody else may want to show up five days a week. You know, it's, there's that personal preference there. Um, but they will find ways for you to feel like your work matters, for you to feel like the things that you're doing have visibility. So that's the difference between an environment that only sees you more as a number and one that will see you more as a part of the team, no matter where you are located or the amount of times that you show up to the office. We're going to talk in a moment about how to find a supportive work environment, Anna, but briefly tell our listeners why you need to make finding a supportive work environment a priority in your job search. Why, why does this matter? The first one is job satisfaction. A lot of people believe they need to maybe change careers even instead of just finding another job because they're not happy with their job. So they believe that going to another company is going to be the same thing. So they get into that um, career rut when they really don't know what to do next. They don't like where they are, but they also don't know what to do next, right? So when you are in a supportive work environment, you will likely get the job satisfaction. You'll be proud and happy to work for that that company. And also there's career growth. When you are in a supportive work environment, there's a path for you. They have processes and things in place and they listen to you. Your manager might even come to you and ask, so what what do you want to do next? Where do you see yourself? Instead of them having to be the one telling you what to do next in your career. There's also the well-being piece that I talked about before. You know, the company is going to care about preventing burnout because when you are in that stage, that can be tricky. But when you feel like stress is coming in, what are the coping skills? What can you do to feel better? Or can you maybe give some of your work to somebody else or ask somebody else for help? There's also the work and life balance piece. Do you have to work 12-hour days for, you know, months and give very little time for your life outside of work, right? And there's a very important piece, too, which is retention. A lot of people, I mean, most people I know, nobody wants to start a job and in six months be job searching again because job searching can be really hard, right? So people want that longevity. They want to be in a workplace where they can stay for at least a couple of years and maybe even longer. They don't want to just be finding a job every, every year or so. And there's also the professional growth, right? You have opportunities to learn different skills and improve your career and also your personal life. So I, I firmly believe that a supportive work environment not only affects your career, 
but also affects your life outside of work because you're going to show up to work and you're not going to be hating Mondays. You show up to work and you feel like work is not draining your energy all the time. Terrific. We're going to take a break, Anna. And when we come back, I want to dig into how to find a a supportive work environment. Stay with us. Uh, When we return, Anna Gaynor will continue to share her advice on how you can find a supportive work environment when you're doing a job search. Are you ready to update your resume? Go to maxlist.org slash top resume. The experts at Top Resume will review your resume for free. Go to maxlist.org slash top resume. Get feedback you can use to fix your resume yourself or hire Top Resume to do it for you. Go to maxlist.org slash top resume. Now let's get back to the show. We're back in the MaxList studio. I'm talking with Anna Gaynor. She's a career strategist and a certified human resources specialist. Anna's company helps you with job search, career development, and workplace well-being. And she joins us from Raleigh, North Carolina. Now, Anna, before the break, we were talking about uh, a supportive work environment, why it matters uh, in your career and, and why you need to make it a priority in your job search and, and what supportive and non-supportive work environments look like. Let's walk through how to find a supportive work environment. And I know in your work with your clients, you recommend three steps. Let's walk through each of those steps one by one. Um, The first step you suggest for finding a supportive work environment is to do your research. Why is this important, Anna? And how do you do your research? What kind of research do you recommend? When I talk about research, I'm talking about going beyond the company's website because any company can hire an employer, you know, branding organization to write these beautiful words on their website. But go beyond that. What are other like review websites, certified review websites saying? What are former employees or current employees saying? Of course, you need to take into consideration, you know, what they're saying with a little, let's say, grain of salt. So just just see what they're talking about. See what's, what is important to you. Are they talking about that particular item in a positive or in a negative way? But the the best thing that I always suggest my clients is to reach out to former and current employees doing like a similar work, if possible, than the work that they they want to do inside that company. Because those people, you know, and, and reach out with one question that matters to you. Let's say, you know, flexibility is something that matters to you. Reach out to them with one question and just say, what has been or what was your experience with flexibility inside the organization? And, and, and that's the, that one question. And then maybe if they are, they, they respond to your message and they seem eager, you know, to, to reply and help. Maybe you ask another question, but don't need, you don't need to go overboard. It's just like one or two things that are really important to you that are like your non-negotiables. You ask former and current employees, you know, explain to them that you you might want to work for this company and you just want to learn more about flexibility, for example. Because um, when you reach out to people with actual, like, 
live the experiences inside the organization. The website may be saying one thing, but the people may be saying something completely different. So it's important for you to know what you are getting into before you sign a job offer. Your second step for finding a supportive work environment is to avoid repeating the past. I think you touched on this in the first segment a bit, but tell us more about this, Anna. What do you mean by avoiding repeating the past? So if you are coming from a toxic work environment, you might unconsciously bring negative feelings with you. I am a firm believer that when you are in an environment that has a lot of negativity and doesn't suit you, that you you become that environment. And you also bring those feelings outside of work. You might bring those feelings to your personal relationships. So let's say you are job searching for, you know, in, in for another job and you one thing that somebody said could be an activator for you, meaning as soon as somebody says a word or something, you already believe that that work environment is also going to be toxic, when in fact, that's not the case. It's just something that you're bringing with you because of your previous experiences, because of your past experiences. But the environment itself, it's not an unhealthy or even bad work environment. So it's almost like important for you to do a cleanse when you you come uh, you know from a toxic work environment and you are trying to find a better place for you because if you don't if you continue to feel those feelings it's going to be hard to find or even believe that another employment employer is going to be a better space or a better workplace for you how do you do that anna how do you uh, cleanse yourself of the negative feelings and that you you may have acquired in a toxic work environment. Sure. So there are multiple things that you can do. It's not just one or two. So first, I always believe that it's important for you to talk to someone you trust and someone who is positive, someone who believes in you. Because if you go to somebody, they might even make you feel even worse than you already feel, right? So it could be a friend. It could be a therapist. It could be a career counselor who, who also ha, you know, can, can lead you in more of the, the therapeutic side of things. Could be a career coach, you know, and it just it, it's important that you talk to someone and that person might help, might help guide you through those negative feelings and even explain to you that you were in a negative, in a, in a toxic or negative work environment because sometimes it may take us months or even years to realize that we were in those environments because, like I said, you become the environment and you believe that's what's out there. That's how every single workplace is when, in fact, that's not true. Your third step that you recommend taking to find a supportive work environment is to be clear about what an employer means by flexibility. Tell us more about this, Anna, and why does it matter? So a supportive work environment usually provides, you know, flexibility in the form of flexible work schedules. Usually when you talk flexibility or even you you see the word flexibility in a job description, you might think that that means, oh, I'm going to have a flexible work schedule so I can leave work early, show up late, and that's what they mean. But you need to be really careful with this because even inside an organization that believes in flexibility like that, 
a manager may have a completely different understanding of what flexibility means. And for example, in their mind, flexibility is allowing employees to work from home on Fridays. When what you need, it's being able to leave work early three days a week because you have to pick up your child, for example. That's completely different understandings of what flexibility means. So it's important that you understand what your manager sees as flexibility and even ask this question directly to them during the interview to get a sense of what's their understanding of flexibility. Because flexibility is a big part of supportive work environments where you can usually, you know, have a different work schedule or even work from home if if you want to. Well, it's been a terrific conversation, Anna. Now, tell us what's next for you. Sure. So go to my new website and take my career health score quiz. It's like a health checkup for your career. And I also, I provide job search and career services, such as resume and LinkedIn reviews, career strategy coaching, and interview preparation. I am currently creating more online courses to help you thrive in your career. Well, terrific. Well, I know, Anna, listeners can learn more about you and your services by visiting your website, and we'll be sure to include the URL in our show notes and the website article. That's com. And you also invite uh, the audience to connect with you on LinkedIn. And as always, when they reach out to you, I hope they'll mention uh, they heard you on Find Your Dream Job. Now, Anna, given all the great advice you shared today, What's the one thing you want a listener to remember about how to find a supportive work environment? No one is looking out for your career. Self-advocacy is a big part of the work I do with my clients. And I always believe that you have the right to work for an employer that cares about you. A supportive work environment can help you live a better life. If you work in a toxic one, you might bring the negativity to your personal relationships and that can affect everything that's going on around you. So find a supportive work environment that cares about you, where you feel seen and heard. Make sure you never miss an episode of Find Your Dream Job subscribe to our free podcast newsletter. You'll get information about our guests and transcripts of every show. Go to maxlist.org slash newsletters. Again, that's maxlist.org slash newsletters. Next week, our guest will be Jamila Brown. She's a career strategist and the co-founder of the 5-Minute Career Hack. It's a podcast and a coaching company that helps you change your career and get the salary you want. Gender differences in job search are real, especially in applications. Many women, for example, are unlikely to apply for a job unless they meet 100% of the qualifications. Join us next Wednesday when Jamila Brown and I talk about how women can show confidence in a job search. Until next time, thanks for letting us help you find your dream job. This show is produced by MaxList. Susan Thorntonhoff schedules our guests and writes our newsletter. Lisa Kislinberry Anderson manages our social media. Our sound engineer is Matt Fiorillo. Ryan Morrison at Podfly Productions edits the show. Dawn Mole creates our transcripts. And our music is by Freddie Trujillo. 
This is Mac Pritchard. See you next week.